Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Hey, Bay listeners, Devin here, kicking back with my feet up on the desk, got a fake martini in my hand, because this is going to be our last episode for a few weeks. We're going on summer break for all of July. We're coming back Monday, August 5th, so stay subscribed. We'll be around reporting for future episodes, so you can still follow us on Twitter. We are at the Bay KQED. All right, here's today's show. So we've talked a lot about people in the Bay Area who are living on the edge. One living situation that's become increasingly visible in many cities is an RV, which for some neighbors is an eyesore. But for others, RVs are the only shelter they can afford. Where this conversation is really hot right now is the suburb of Mountain View. It's also where Google's located. I wasn't able to continue to pay rent, and so I'm forced to live in an RV and in a car. Nobody buys an RV to come live here. The city of Mountain View wants to ban RVs from parking overnight on city streets. They also want to give some vehicles a safe place where they can park, but not all. So what happens to the rest? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. My name is uh, Judith. And I live on the RVs. Judith lived in Mountain View for about 18 years, uh, which just reflects the fact this is a regional situation. It's not a local situation. Rachel Myro reports on Silicon Valley for KQED. She met Judith Ortiz in East Palo Alto, which has a so-called safe parking program that allows some people to live in their vehicles overnight. These programs are supposed to be temporary and help people find more permanent places to live while keeping them safe. And where did you come from? Uh, Mountain View. I lost my apartment in Mountain View. She is supporting her sister and her sister's two-year-old. Their landlord doubled the rent on them. They went overnight from 1100 to 2200 One of these stories that we've heard about before. And what kind of work do you do? What, what kind of work does your sister do? I'm the only one working, so I work in Mountain View as well as a server. As a server. A server in a restaurant? Yes. It pay, It was paying the bills and it was paying, covering the rent, you know, but with that higher price on the apartments, it was just outrageous. You couldn't, couldn't afford it anymore. So, so Judith had some savings in the bank, so she connects with somebody who sells her an RV for $14,000, and they find a safe parking spot with Project We Hope in East Palo Alto. And they, they open really late at 7, so by 7 I'm already at work. So it's a, a little bit of an inconvenience, but we managed to uh, work out um, with uh, Project Hope. 
it's not just East Palo Alto that has a safe parking program. These programs are popping up around the Bay Area where RVs and people sleeping in vehicles are becoming more and more visible. There's one in Oakland, there's one in San Jose. Mountain View actually has one too, but it serves just a few vehicles at a time. Meanwhile, the city of Mountain View estimates there are roughly 200 people or families living in RVs or vehicles on any given night. There are a number of issues that people who complain about RVs tend to focus on. One of them, and the vice mayor spoke to this personally, is the question of line of sight. There's also this question of, you know, enforcement of things like open drainage into the sewer system. And Mayor Lisa Matichak, who wants the ban, joins us. Why do you want this ban? Yes, I am very concerned about the public safety and public health issues. A lot of the oversized vehicles are parked in um, the bicycle lanes. We also have um, visibility concerns. The large vehicles make it very difficult for pedestrians, bicyclists, people in vehicles, um, especially at intersections, to see oncoming traffic. Um, There is some human waste and some garbage and other things not only on city streets, but also going into the waterways and out to the bay. So all this tension that's been building in Mountain View between neighbors and the city and people living in RVs, it all came to a head at a public meeting earlier this month when the city council was taking up a couple of important RV ordinances. One was whether to expand its safe parking program. The other major ordinance would ban overnight parking on city streets. Rachel was at this meeting that was packed with people, and it lasted for hours. That was a crazy meeting. That is the most bizarre city council meeting I have ever attended. That says a lot, because city council meetings are bizarre, and they can get crazy. They are bizarre by nature. (laughs) What was so crazy about it? All right. So who wants to talk to me? (laughs) Well, all right. So, you know, I arrive an hour before the meeting begins at 5.30. Hi, I'm Rachel Myro. I'm a reporter with KQED. And I was there to talk to protesters who I knew would be gathered outside of uh, the city council chambers in triple-digit heat. I might add this was during that heat wave. Yeah, man, rough day. They had their signs in English and Spanish. There were multiple different housing advocacy organizations represented. And I spoke to Lenny Siegel who, as it happens, is a former mayor of Mountain View. The former Uh, mayor's coming out. You know there's business to be done. Yes, people feel passionately about this on all sides. And last year, the the council was trying to find solutions to the problem and not just enforce on people. This year, the new council, much to the surprise of many of us, uh, is proposing to ban oversized vehicles from our streets. There were a lot of families, a lot of particularly Latino families with small children, this, it was a capacity crowd when we went inside for the meeting at 6.30. Uh, approve the direction for a safe parking program on city lots and safe parking ordinance parameters. Two hours and in, at about 8.30, we start talking about safe parking. <clears throat> Whenever you're ready. Great. <laughs> Uh, The safe parking program has been under study for a long period of time. It's complicated. There are a lot of different complicating factors when you're looking at safe parking. Where does the city have available land? Where do local religious organizations have land to offer? Oftentimes with the church, it might just be two or four or six spaces. In the public comment period, you heard from quite a few people who are interested in participating in safe parking in Mountain View. Hi, my name is Steve Peters. Um, I'm, I attend St. Timothy's Episcopal Church, where we currently have a safe parking lot. City staffers at this meeting 
said, you know, we have been trying to reach out to private companies to see if somebody might be willing to offer their uh, parking lots outside of business hours. No one said yes. Currently, um, our lot is limited to four spaces, um, but this ordinance could expand that significantly to streamline things. Dr. Ayinde Rudolph of the Mountain View Wisman School District came up to speak. Currently today, there are 103 families who qualify as homeless under the McKinney-Vento Act. 88 are doubled up in apartments, two are living in a shelter, and 21 live in RVs, which is down from the last number. He begged the city council to hold off on instituting an RV ban, uh, you know, at least through the end of the year, which would give the school district time to consider crafting a safe parking program for the families who have students who are in his school district. These kids are victims. These kids are individuals who are trying to make the best out of what they have. And you need to take that into account before we make any other decisions. I look forward to working with city staff a little bit more, as well as all the other providers get this time. Thank you. The city agreed to open up 60 more safe parking spots around Mountain View in the fall. And the city council is going to consider more funding for the program later this year, too. But there was still this question of whether the city was going to move forward with an ordinance to ban RVs from overnight parking. And by this time, it's getting late. As time goes on, you begin to see the parents with small children filtering out. Hmm. And the crowd gets smaller. And smaller. And smaller. And as I've sat here tonight and we've worked through the issues on the table, um, I've watched working class families slowly leave the room um, as their kids needed to go to bed and they need to go to work in the morning. And I worry that that's a, a miniature of where we would be headed with this kind of a ban. So here we are. It's a quarter to midnight. <laughs> there are 40 of us in, in the you know peanut gallery. These are the diehards. Oh, and then discussion begins on... The ban. This was to address uh, numerous service requests, complaints, other feedback that residents have raised following concerns about the parking and storage of oversized vehicles in the public right-of-way. These included safety concerns such as obstruction of the line of sight for entering and exiting streets, obstruction for bicycle lanes and bike paths, whether to ban RVs, whether to ban and RVs, and how to do it, and how to do it. First, there's the conversation with the city staffers. What are you proposing? What are the alternatives? What are the problems? Are we talking 24-7? Is it an overnight ban? Is it, a uh, city staffers suggested in their uh, written proposal that, you know, maybe you just ban from 2 to 6 a.m.? And, of course, the, the grandmother, who is an RV dweller who's sitting next to me, says, what good is 2 to 6 a.m.? Like, Think of what that does to your life. First of all, right? Like for anybody who's had to move their car, you know, uh, on street cleaning day. Right. Imagine that now, seven mornings a week, 2 a.m., you got to set your alarm actually while well, we think about it, 1.40 so that you have time to find a new parking space. Right. No, it's an effective way to yeah. basically ban to, RVs on the street. Yeah, push them out. Hi, Council, one more time. I really appreciate you being here um, at this late hour, and I appreciate everybody else being able to stay here this long. Then, then you have all the folks who line up to get their uh, you know, one and a half minutes. I wasn't able to continue to pay rent because my son's um, child care was to, uh, I didn't receive anymore. And so I'm forced to live in an RV and in a car. It, nobody buys an RV to come live here. 
It's the consequences of the circumstances of the income, et cetera. The folks saying don't do this were overwhelmingly the majority. At a certain point, they stop talking and, and the city council members start talking to try and convince each other. And so the city's hearing, what was it, hours of testimony at this point? Hours. And hours it's early in the morning. What did the city end up doing and deciding? Councilmember Hicks. Okay, and I'm sorry, I must be fading. The second. So what becomes patently clear is that there are two people on the city council who really want this ban. There are two people who really don't want it. And then there are like three swing votes who might be able to conceive of it, you know, if, if a couple compassionate tweaks are made here and there. And as the conversation continues over the course of the morning, I would say it, it becomes really clear that the, the pros don't have the votes, the cons don't have the votes, and as we all become increasingly more exhausted and delirious, it's becoming unlikely that anybody on the spot, on the fly, right there, is going to come up with a compromise. I mean, this is a complex piece of policy you're considering passing. No one seems to have a compromise that everyone will like. I guess from my perspective, this seems um, like it's going to be challenging. We have to send this back to city staff to keep tinkering with it and we can all come back at a reasonable hour to discuss yay, nay, or, you know, a third alternative. So they're coming back in the fall to do that? They're coming back in the fall. The city council did seem committed to passing some kind of stronger RV ban in the fall. And depending on how enforcement goes, the council could consider a complete overnight parking ban sometime next year. Here's the thing about banning RVs in any city. This is a regional problem. So if you push the problem over city boundary lines, you are sloughing something off onto your neighbors who may or may not appreciate it. Let's guess that they won't, (laughs) right? Well, thinking about the housing crisis from a regional perspective, I think of Judith, who you talked to, who started out in Mountain View, went to East Palo Alto, and it feels like people are just kind of being pushed around in a way. It's just being pushed around. And uh, this is the sort of thing that you see a lot of big city mayors in the Bay Area decrying. We, you know... Whether it's London Breed in San Francisco, right, Oakland, Mm -hmm. Sacramento, San Jose, all of these uh, mayors have been very forthright in saying the rest of y'all need to start contributing to solutions to the housing crisis. Stop leaving it to us. Rachel Myro reports on Silicon Valley for KQED. The city of Mountain View says after the meeting earlier this month, more groups came forward and asked how they could participate in the safe parking program. The city council will talk about funding at least 100 spots later this year. So, dear friends, here's your last reminder that the Bay is taking a summer break. So this is your final episode for a few weeks. We're coming back on Monday, August 5th. So be sure to stay subscribed on NPR One, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you want. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz-Guevara and editor Erica Aguilar. We got help this week from Julia McAvoy, Ashley Ann Krigbaum, and Teresa Wu. KQED's leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Have an amazing July. Talk to you in August. Hi. 
I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 